Blue and White Brothers, the podcast all about Penn State football. Conversation and commentary from a fan perspective. I'm Tom Gaffman. And I'm Andy Gaffman. And we are the The Blue Blue and and White White Brothers. (laughs) Two brothers. Two takes. One team. Oh, yeah. Andy, Andy, it is great to be a Nittany Lion fan yet again on a beautiful Monday morning, at least where I am back in Denver, Colorado, and you just thanked me for wearing a shirt for the first time this <laughs> first season. Time this season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So for what uh, it's worth, Denver is always a very you know, warm place. And we, I have to turn the AC off and the fans off. And, and last week I was in mom and dad's closet and it's, it's stuffy in there. Oh my you know? gosh, dude. <laughs> <I just> got- <laughs> but I had the AC cranked and I just turned it off and it's nice in this room now. So you don't have to see my, my bare chest. So congratulations, Andy. <laughs> now I, now I kind of miss it. <laughs> don't worry. I'll bring it out here again next week. I'm sure. Oh, uh, no, but, uh, <laughs> speaking of weather, again, gorgeous fall weather here in the mid Atlantic, uh, great, beautiful weather for a game in Villanova. Great. Uh, I'm looking outside on a beautiful fall day here and, uh, yeah, a lot of reasons to feel good, uh, being a Penn state fan as well, sitting at four and Oh, uh, we're going to talk about that. Um, and um, we talked a little bit about uh, some Penn State stuff even before this podcast. Uh, we started something new on Instagram, Tom. You want to tell folks about that? Yeah, we, we started what's, what we're calling the two-minute drill. Uh, really, really creative name there we came up with. Um, <laughs> but but uh, essentially, we're going to come on a couple of times uh, throughout the week. Uh, we're thinking like Tuesdays and, and Fridays, maybe maybe another day in there, maybe, maybe a post-game instant reaction. But for the two-minute drill, what it is, is we're going to come up with a handful of topics that, that either come out after the, um, the uh, Tuesday press conference with Franklin or just some midweek musings that were or pre or pre Saturday musings. And a couple of topics that maybe we don't discuss. Just excuse me, I'm am having a horrible uh, like moment of speaking right now. I, I can't get it together. But uh, so <laughs> we're going to discuss some things that maybe we didn't bring up in the podcast that we wished we had, and we'll discuss them for you know back and forth for two minutes each topic. That's the two minute yeah. drill. So if you're not an Instagram follower of the Blue and White Brothers, find us there. If you are, please uh, keep an eye out for those. And uh, yeah, go ahead and share them as well. Let other people know about the Blue and White Brothers. Um, but we just need today, to get the game. We need to get in the Instagram game. All right, we need to sh- we need to interact with our our loyal fan base, and that's a great way to do it. And and we're excited to to maybe give you guys a little bit more content. That's the that's the idea there. Yeah. So. Um, with that, uh, here's what's up for today's podcast. Uh, we're going to bring you some news and notes, as always. A lot of stuff going on around the college football landscape. Uh, we're going to recap that Villanova game, rather vanilla game against Villanova. Um, we got a mailbag for you that we're going to bring you uh, to my new inquiries. Favorite, my new favorite segment and our only segment, more or less. But here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, and then we're going to look ahead at uh, uh, what's shaping up to be a pretty exciting Indiana game. So um, without further ado, let's jump in, bro. Yeah. Time for some news and notes. News and notes. Yeah, first item. <laughs> I wish everybody could see what we're doing when these when these sounds are happening. We're just like dancing along to it. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, it looks so bad. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
right. Um, so uh, first item up for news and notes, uh, right back to Penn State. Um, of course, the 38 to 17 victors over FCS Villanova. Um, and something that was a bit of a surprise to me, I got to say, bro, is that Penn State moved up to number four in the AP poll after that victory. Shocking. I mean, yeah, we <laughs> yeah, uh, we, pl- we played a, a a it was a convincing win, I'll say, by and large. Um, especially when you see around the whole league or the whole you know country, some teams falling left and right, and we'll get into those here shortly. But like, we played number seven Villanova. Looked great. <laughs> So yeah. they clearly number valued seven. number seven Villanova as a you know a quality opponent to move us above Iowa and Oklahoma. Like yeah, I mean, we I'm not saying Iowa and traded places with Oklahoma. I I just I I don't I I don't understand. Maybe they're just so like maybe it's just the fact that we have offense that is clicking more more or less with like we're I putting think up, that's it. Honestly, I I, I really think the, and this is a you know an era where offense is highly valued and for, for um, 400 yards, you know, like, the, yeah, right. The, and they see that and, stat line and they're like, Oh, you know, they're playing better than Iowa and, and Spencer Rattler, the rat, you know, I mean, Rattler, uh, we'll get into the, the, um, scores around college football, but yeah. he was, um, he, he, the fans were loudly calling for his replacement that's, at one that's point. That's rude. Game. By the way, that's, that's, t- I mean, it's one thing when you're zero uh, and five, you know, and Clifford's playing poorly, and I'm not. And even then, it's a bad look to be chanting for your backup quarterback when you have a, a undefeated team, and and Rattler's still winning. He's still winning. Yeah, they're they're in a currently they were in a I think a tie game at the moment, and yeah, he threw an incompletion or you know, couldn't get him out deep deep out of their own territory. Very poor. Anyway, very bad look. Very bad look. All that to say, like Oklahoma, known for their offense. Not having a great offensive season, In Iowa not really known for their offense, but having a hard time putting any decent offense together. Um, you know, the, I think the question for me is: Does the, our number four ranking, which quite frankly scares me right now, quite frankly, uh, oh gosh, <laughs> <laughs> you I refuse to say it, Tommy. <laughs> I refuse to say it. Um, you know, quite frankly, that that number four ranking, which which scares me because of of putting. Uh, overconfidence into the players' minds. Oh, I think I think it says more about how poor other teams are doing it, than it about is. how good Penn we State are is right now. We th- th- this is the um, like stars have aligned as perfectly as you could possibly imagine for Penn State to climb in these rankings. Like yeah. we haven't been dominant anywhere along the way. Or you know, I don't even know if we're Ball State, talking about maybe, this stuff but. right now, but like our wins against Wisconsin and Auburn do not look good now and somehow we still climb. <laughs> Doesn't right. make sense to me. Yeah. Well, again, I think it's because there's just who else are you going to put up there? Perfect right? storm. It's the perfect storm. It's so, the perfect storm but for, again, for Penn it, State it, getting ranked in the top. Yeah, they're, four. it blows. They're my lifting mind. us up you know, into that top four only to see us fall when we, yeah, you know, they're just setting that's us up my worry. You know, that we got <laughs> well, a long I mean, way to go. Visions of, of 2019 against Minnesota, oh, totally. right? Totally. You yeah. know, well, I look, was, conv- um, I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> for whatever, for whatever it's worth, and it may not be worth more than the paper it's written on, but, uh, we're number four. And, um, a lot of and that is clear, driven to be clear. It's the AP poll, Andy, and not the AP. college football playoff. Ranking. It's, no, right. Which isn't so, coming out for another, what, four weeks or so. so. Something like that. Um, but, a lot of that's at the hands of what's going on around the rest of college football. So let's look uh, around the horn nationally and some of what happened. Biggest news of the weekend, of course, is that Clemson, 
mighty Clemson, who's been in the college football playoff, won a couple of national championship, you know, it, just over the last five or six years, just they went down unceremoniously against NC State. NC State, which could have put the dagger in before the end of regulation with a field goal, field goal goes wide, Clemson has new life, goes into overtime, and can't do it. Uh, well, NC State coming away with a victory in double was, overtime. I picked I I I picked this game in, in a, another pool of friends text wise that you know I called a bunch of these upsets. I actually called every single one of these like uh, upsets. Uh, and by the way, not hard to do when you're just calling hoping for the upset and you pick the the ones that make sense. Kind of it was easy to do this this weekend. So I'm not touting that I'm s- some sort of like rain ma- rain man with this kind of thing or whatever. But um, you know I I do listen to other <laughs> podcasts. I do listen to other podcasts. Uh, and sadly sometimes that. Means I listen to Paul Feinbaum. And Do you read many leather-bound books? I don't own any, but I uh, Are you read them deal? online. I read leather books online, <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and I'm definitely it's an not, Anchorman reference. Of course, it's an Anchorman reference. I was. I know you know. I was. I know. I was telling. I other know. People. I know. I know. <laughs> Um, so anyways, this Paul, is going to be a long Paul show. Dude. Oh, who cares? Is anybody even listening? <laughs> hello. Hello. Oh my hello. Gosh. <laughs> is there anybody out there? <laughs> and they're not. So I get to do that. I get to do what I just did. So Paul Feinbaum apparently is how it's technically pronounced. Wow. Um, he made the claim that, you know, like, Hey, Clemson, you know, Dabo doesn't, He's not a great winner in the sense of like how he comes out of a win talking. Like he says, like you know, jackass type, like makes jackass type comments as a as a head coach. Like, but he's a horrible loser, and he was like making excuses and <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, for for like how they looked in a game like that. It's you a know, bad look. It, 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 he's not. It's not going well. It's not going well on there, uh, and it's kind of nice to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like happy it. to see it. Um, I'm a fan of it. Going around uh, the college football landscape. Um, previously, number four Oklahoma, uh, as we uh, already sort of referenced, they needed a a game winning field goal as time expired to edge out West Virginia. I was really pulling for the upset there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's not going well at Oklahoma from an offensive standpoint. And um, yeah, we'll see if they can pull it together. Um, they're still undefeated. So, you know, the season's not over for them, but um, their struggles there in Norman. Um, yeah. The big upset of the weekend, although I honestly expected this result. I was glad yep, to see same, it. Um, same. Number seven, Texas A&M. Uh, lost to Arkansas, um, and this twenty actually, to ten. This actually, yeah, twenty to ten. Arkansas handled A and M and and looked pretty decent doing it, especially with the way yeah. they've looked against Texas. Like Arkansas, they got one of the big repeating highlights of the weekend: a big yep. long pass from their quarterback. Yep. Yep. So um, I well, don't know is, how the game actually went, but by the score and by some of the highlights and the way people are talking, Arkansas seems like a pretty complete team right now. Well, it's an interesting. It actually kind of has the ability to affect Penn State that how that that upset happened because if A and M wins that game, the next week, not this coming weekend against Indiana, uh, but the following weekend we we have Iowa at Iowa, and provided we get by Indiana, you know, uh, college game day looks to be coming to Iowa for a top five matchup if we're both remain undefeated this next week, but. The reason they might not is a as though that same weekend is a matchup Alabama and Texas A and M and if Texas A and M remained undefeated going into that game, 
and Arkansas didn't upset them, then game day might have gone to that Bama Texas A&M game. But here it is, Kinnick in Kinnick, probably a night game. I mean, nope, four o'clock. Oh, is it? I already called it. It's four, four o'clock local. Mm, four I, I think it's four Eastern. o'clock Eastern. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, even still, like that's a, a not a noon kickoff. That's right. A, that lets the fans get in there. The point is, a Kinnick with College Game Day in Kinnick is a different kind of beast than than um, you know. A yeah, Kinnick it'll be interesting that, to what, see. I'm just saying that you that, know, effect, that affects us. That can affect the us. Big Ten versus SEC in terms of like prestige and um, appear. You know what people are saying about it. Um, uh, yeah, that's a big deal, and that favors Iowa. See how that, is what I'm trying how to that say. shakes out. That yeah, yeah, of Iowa. course. That's, what that's a very good point. That's my only point. Um, well, look, there there are a bunch of teams uh, behind us in the rankings that also um, either lost or or got nearly uh, upset. Um, number fourteen, Iowa State, lost to unranked Baylor, undefeated, uh, unranked Baylor. True, good point. And Baylor has now ranked um, after that victory. Um, number twenty one, UNC, lost their second game against previously unranked unranked Georgia Tech. I don't know if uh, Tech got ranked now, but they've um they, they played Clemson close and now they you know UNC was in the top 10 to start the yeah, season. They, and, I think they were 10. And uh, now they're they've dropped out of the rankings entirely. I mean that's that's the cream of the ACC crop coming into the season. Yep. Getting almost they're both probably going to be knocked out of the no, rankings. I mean I think Clemson's 25th, but 25th. You know, hanging they're, they're on primed they're primed to barely. lose another game. But but like your undefeated teams in the ACC are now Wake Forest and um uh, uh, who is it? Who's their other crap? I forget. They have two. I don't know. Oh, Boston College. So right. if, if, let's just say those teams run the you know run the table. I, what what's what looks good to them <laughs> for a win? No yeah, ranked teams nothing. except for themselves. Right. So the ACC gonna have to. They're gonna be struggling to get in the playoffs. I think sure. they're 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 mostly, likely to most be most likely done unless chaos happens the rest of the season right, continually right, exactly. with the Big Ten cannibalizing or something like that. So um, then, um, looking to a former opponent, number twenty three Auburn barely survived. Georgia State. Um, they were down with a minute left to play. They needed a uh, botched replay call at the uh, end where SEC officials. Where, <laughs> yep. Um, to to get help that was a for a thirty yard reception. A really, I mean, you looked like the ball hit the turf on replay. They did not overturn it. Um, they you know threw a touchdown and then a late pick six by Smoke Monday um, made the score twenty four to thirty four. But um, uh, Auburn was down um, and and looking to lose with with less than a minute to go. Um, so they they snuck by. Quite frankly, Auburn Quite frankly. and Wisconsin. Oh my gosh, which I'll <laughs> talk about here in a second. <laughs> um, the, you know our formerly really top notch opponents, uh, top notch wins. They they did not come out looking great this no, this weekend. Not at all. Last thing I'll just say before we get into the Big Ten results of note is that um, USC. Um, they have not turned things around <laughs> at, in the wake of um, historic uh, loss. Historic loss in the Coliseum. Um, yeah, they Oregon's, just fired their coach, Clay. They just fired their coach. Yep, and Oregon State. Um, uh, I don't think has won either. They haven't won ever at, at USC, or haven't won in like forty years, or something like that. It was something, something crazy. Like and and they went in and basically handed USC their butts on a platter. <laughs> oh, it was pathetic. I mean, it was like yeah. a blowout 
That was like a blowout loss. And right when you think um, that, that that interim coach is like making a statement with that big win last week with their their backup uh, Jackson Dart quarterback coming in, they, they played Keaton Slovis in this game and just looked like dog crap. Man. Yeah. Wow. So, and by the um, way, speaking you know, of firing coaches, I'm sorry to that go, to go back to Auburn against Georgia State real quick. Apparently, after oh, our right. game, either after our game or after this most recent game after with the Georgia, Georgia State, State game, they fired their wide receivers coach. So you know, <laughs> trouble in paradise, Auburn, maybe. Um, and 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 for what it's worth, also Georgia State ten years ago didn't even have an F of a Division One um, college football, football program. So yeah. take that for what. Um, I bring up that USC game just a little bit because yeah. um, USC, of course, is connected to Penn State because of the rumblings about Franklin going to USC. And Franklin continues to do well. Meanwhile, USC is face planning, and and while USC may really, really want Franklin, both I a, think both from a fan <laughs> and uh, administration, like individually, yeah. they might I, all want him. They're making themselves far less palatable <laughs> for yeah. Franklin. <laughs> I mean, they're yeah. showing their their program showing to be in in disarray right now. And Franklin's so. still getting commits in his twenty twenty two class. It's still in the number one slot. So, uh, which also might be the ability here in a few weeks, we might see that that uh, Penn State might be able to expand their class with the NCAA ruling that. Uh, Teams that have a, had a handful of transfers up to seven, they can get up to seven more recruits in their, this current class due to the transfer portal, portal kind of shaking things up from a you know numbers standpoint, scholarship wise. So hey, I mean Franklin might be this might be playing in a Franklin's 2022 class. It's just interesting to see. I can't see USC poaching Franklin when he's got the number one recruiting class with potentially even building upon that in the coming like three to four weeks. Yeah, meanwhile, the Big Ten continues to be uh, a place of a lot of churn and opportunity, therefore, for Franklin. And yeah. here's what we saw around the Big Ten this weekend. Um, number 18, Wisconsin, lost to number 12, Notre Dame. Wisconsin actually was favored in this game. Uh, they The final score does not look good. It was 41-13, to 13, Notre Dame. Uh, I will say Wisconsin hung with Notre Dame for three quarters, and then they just basically imploded. I mean, you watched um, the whole game, right? Yeah. You well, watched the I whole mean, game, more or less? Kinda, you're going back Kind of, sort of. Yeah, exactly. I mean, your uh, wife is a Notre time. Dame fan. You're, you're, you're cluing into Yeah, you're cluing into that yeah. game pretty well. Yeah, and um, Notre Dame was not feeling good about themselves going into this game, and um, they had Wisconsin a great game. Wisconsin was favored. Wisconsin they was were favored, favored by five and a half points in this game. Um, at the start of um, the fourth quarter, Wisconsin actually f- kicked a field goal to go up thirteen to ten, and then the wheels fell off. Um, that Graham that Mertz was off finished. of an interception, by the way, or a right. turnover of some sort. Turnover. It was a turnover for sure, and that and, knocked out um, their quarterback. Yeah, and and they were held to that field goal, which I think that be, you know that Notre Dame defensive stand to hold them to a field goal turned the tide right then and there because that was yeah, kind of demoralizing for them to only come away with three points when their offense was sputtering and you know here you are with a chance to score a touchdown. Oh, sorry, you only got three. Now it's just a three point game. Yeah, and then, and then the so Notre Dame comes back. They um, immediately answer that field goal with a touchdown return on the kickoff. Yep, um, through another touchdown, and so they're up for, up eleven. Wisconsin at their last gasp in the last few minutes, and Graham Mertz throws one, not one, but two pick sixes in the final three and a half minutes uh, to get to that final score. It was a it was a total implosion and pretty bad. Um, one thing of note 
I will say uh, Notre Dame had trouble running the ball on the ground. 32 carries, nine yards rushing on the day. Mm. So, you know, we'll talk about Penn State's run game here. It was um, historically bad for them, by the way. <laughs> Histor- right. I mean, even from a, yeah, it was just historically bad. Historically bad. Wisconsin's run run defense is for real, and Penn State having trouble with with Wisconsin is, it needs to be put into context. Yeah. But nonetheless, um, Wisconsin, pretty ugly looking loss against um, a Notre Dame team that's now back in the top 10. Yeah. Uh, number five, Iowa. Um, hey, they were... They were losing at halftime to lowly Colorado State. They were down 14-7 to at the half, but then they went on and scored 17 unanswered. Um, they did look very one-dimensional. Iowa had only 54 rushing yards mm. on that game. <laughs> so running the ball, <laughs> having a hard time running the ball is a theme around the Big Ten right now, apparently. I mean, yeah, like these, te- like we, we go through a little period of, of slumps in various parts of the game, and they're having a little slump in their run game, you know. Uh, I yeah. can see that, of, that changing spe- for them moving forward, too, though. Right, exactly. Uh, speaking of rushing struggles, Michigan, who held off Rutgers, uh, they were only able to run. Uh, 112 yards on the ground as a team against Rutgers, uh, Michigan, who's been putting up three and 400 yards rushing, um, you know, and so um, they they went up like 20 to three and then couldn't score in the second half. Rutgers comes um, storming back, but um, wasn't able to. I don't put know about a, storming back, but they, <laughs> well, this is a good they, point. They were scoring in the second half. You know, they got 10 yeah. points, three in the third quarter, I think, and seven in the fourth. But I mean, this is to me, this says a lot more to me about where Rutgers is um, because I kind of was waiting for Michigan to kind of semi fall back to earth um, because the level of the competition they've been playing has kind of allowed um, them to to gain these gaudy numbers in the run game. And they've looked one-dimensional prior to uh, this game against Rutgers. They they don't look to be amazing in the pass game when it matters. Um, McNamara, I think, is suspect. And and I think that when they're playing a stout deep, I mean, Shiano's a defensive coordinator. So I, I, I look for them to be playing stout defense against a lot of teams in Michigan. While they got away with a win, I, I, I credit that to kind of playing in the big house and having a home game more than, um, you know, Michigan being a, a good a good team right now. Well, we shall see a um, lot, lot of uh, games yet to be played. But certainly four games into the season, you can see why Penn State was moved up. Um, a lot of teams struggled this uh, week four of the season. Um, and um, before we get into the Villanova game, one more item. I don't want to really talk about it because we need to move on. But okay, um, okay. <laughs> but the uh, college football playoff expansion, which was all the rage just a couple months ago, um, talk about expanding it to 12 teams. Um, that's been put on hold for further study after um, everything kind of fell apart after the Texas and Oklahoma news going to the SEC and there was some bad blood and now everyone's like, hold on, hold on, we gotta wait and see. It'll be interesting to see how this season shakes out with these these the top four that we all thought were gonna be in the playoff and we need to expand it so these other teams get a Perpetually. chance. Perpetually, maybe they'll be like, maybe the expansion will need to happen because they'll be like, oh, you know, these power bl- blue bloods that we were so used to having in are held out and the, and even though they have the most talent and the best recruiting classes they get held out like this isn't fair the best teams aren't even playing you know the eye <laughs> test the eye test yeah well <laughs> i mean it'll be interesting I, I, 
I think eventually it'll it'll expand, but when and how I think is is the real question. Um, we'll keep an eye on that as it goes forward. All right. Well, that's news and notes for you. Um, and um, now let's talk about that Villanova game. We're, we don't need to take a lot of time talking about it. It was a taking care of business kind of day. It was 38 to three going into the fourth quarter and um, it gave up a couple of late touchdowns to make it look closer than it really was. Um, you know, and, and I, I'm thinking about this game, Tom, and, and wondering how we can talk about it. I know you and I kind of felt a little frustrated throughout the game, watching them fail to really kind of uh, pull away, but uh, there were we wanted, some good. We things. wanted perfection, though. We were looking. Yeah, we to did. See a That's complete what we wanted game. to see a, a complete yeah. game, and we didn't see that. But there were some good things. So here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to talk about this today as uh, good, bad, and ugly. All right. What? Let's talk about the good. Let's talk about the bad. Let's talk about the ugly. We'll take a few minutes on each of those and uh, just talk about it. So let's start with the good because there were a lot of things that were good this week. What did you like? Uh, what did you see good? I mean. Uh, Clifford uh, threw for a personal best f- over 400 yards in this game. It's the uh, the first time it's happened. It's actually the second most yards that a Penn State quarterback has ever thrown for. Um, That's kind of astonishing, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's only the second time that a Penn State quarterback has thrown for over 400 yards. I think the last time was 2013 with um, our boy Christian Hackenberg. Um, That's the only other... Yeah. 400-yard game. Uh, that yeah. was against uh, UCF in Ireland, actually. Yeah, amazing. Franklin's <laughs> first game. Funny? Franklin's yeah. first game. Wow. I didn't realize that was 400. He was through for like, what, 460 or four. Four, yeah, mid four hundred seven. I forget what it was. Anyways, the point is, wow. <laughs> so I mean, gr- granted, the competition level, um, if, in fact, in both of those games, um, was you know not Big Ten. It was uh, you know non Power Five, um, and then in this case FCS over you know a group of five. But yeah, so you know he 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 took. Um, you know, all of eight seconds uh, to take the lead in the game with a first play of the game touchdown to to Jahan Dotson, who is you know potentially looking to be one of the more most complete receivers, not just in this conference but in the country. Okay, and he's yeah, proving it week that, in and week out. Yeah, I thought, and I thought that first play really set the tone in a, in a lot of ways. It set my expectations as like yeah. it's going to be oh, like an 81, <laughs> 81 point game or something yeah, like that, you know. Right. But um, it wasn't quite that. Um, but but nonetheless, uh, yeah, Clifford went on to hit um, all of his uh, top three receivers, got major, major uh, receiving yardage, four touchdowns. Um, Clifford came out of the weekend, by the way, being named co-offensive player of the week in the Big Ten. I mean, four, four touchdown passes that went for over 50 yards. That's insane. Right? Is that, wasn't, that, wasn't that how that worked? Were they already yeah, just four so. plays for over 50? I think it was four touchdowns that went over 50. Um, two to Parker, yeah. one, one to Jahan, and one to, by the way, Keandre Lambert Smith. All right? So He had a great game. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, he is averaging eight. I mean, granted, 83-yard touchdown to Keandre will do this, but he is averaging 18.1 yards per catch, and, and that's like, I think that's fourth in the conference right now, fourth or fifth in the conference. So not only do we have Parker Washington catching, by the way, two, two touchdowns in the game, and, and Jahan Dotson being a do-it-all receiver both catching you know all the short passes you know even can throw out of the backfield if he has to on a screen fake screen you know Keandre Lambert Smith is starting to make plays in this offense and we're really really developing a full spectrum buffet 
of 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 weapons at Clifford and Yurcich's disposal, which is can yeah. Get, if you're if you're a, a an opposing defensive coordinator, like who do you cover? <laughs> like sure, you know, stack you, the box against stop? our run game, great, and then we'll dice you I to mean, pieces. Yeah. Yeah, between our tight ends and our uh, three three wide receivers, really, really uh, explosive. So, so essentially, Andy, you know, Clifford is is making strides week in and week out. He is throwing for if you round it up, seventy two percent completion percentage uh, on the season through four games. That I is, mean, that's incredible. That is, if, if the team stat completion percentage is ranked second in the Big Ten right now, so I mean we're we're the the the, the Clifford pass game is moving forward. We are no longer stuck in last year by any stretch. Um, it's going forward with Yursich, and Yursich is definitely proving to be Clifford's best friend <laughs> compared to the the Shiraka, uh you know plan of attack last year. So you know I, I Clifford you know. He, we talked about it, Andy, in our in, our little two minute drill on Instagram. By the way, yeah, we talked about yeah, exactly. how Clifford has has flipped the script on last year, and he is, you know, these two interceptions he's thrown haven't really affected affected us, and and both of them weren't really necessarily his fault. They were like, you know, of course, in the Auburn game, the end of the first half, he got hit. Well, it happened. It was a punt. Who cares? And then this one was like Keandre Lambert Smith, unfortunately, bobbled it. You know. You know, he didn't mean to bobble it. It was just like, oh, 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 oh. It was a total mistake, and you can't put that on Clifford. So I like what's going on with Clifford. Good, good coming out of there from from Clifford's camp, and um, it's just it's promising looking going forward in this offense. Yeah, the other thing that I would say was good was our um, our first string defense. Um, we gave up a first drive field goal uh, against Villanova, but after that, we really, we really tightened down on them. Um, you know, we basically completely ground their, their offense to a halt, um, until the, until the third stringers came in. Um, and we're, we're continuing to get turnovers. Yeah. Um, even Which, with by the, the way, even with the Clifford interception, you know we're 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 tied for twelfth with Alabama and Iowa among a few others for for our turnover margin on the season. Um, so and I think that's we're we're sitting at around one point two five plus per game. Yeah. So um, you know, defense took care of business. The the um, Clifford just continued to look like a like a really good uh, different difference-making quarterback, a different level quarterback compared to last year. That, that was all good for this game. Um, bad. Um, the bad. You know, the good of the bad, the of the good, good the bad, the bad, the and the ugly. Yeah, here's <laughs> There's the, bad. the bad. Um, There's bad. So, so um, Clifford, while he did have a great game, he still is above 70% passing in the game. He... It seemed like he would lost a little bit of focus this game, and and that showed up in a couple of ways. Number one, um, he took some unnecessary sacks, holding onto the ball uh, too long, and then you know on many of those same plays, he also missed some easy checkdowns, waiting for the long bomb. Like I, he obviously Clifford, someone who likes to make the long connection, and uh, you can see he gets excited when he thinks he's got it because he overthrows his receivers at times. Um, but uh, in this game in particular, he just seemed to be a little greedy, and uh, he was not able to. Um, have the discipline that he needed uh, to find those, you know, we, we, those were plays that would have extended drives and, and could have changed a th- score of 38 to, I don't know, say 56, which is what I predicted, but whatever. 
Yeah. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> so, I mean, so that wasn't so good. I, I'd say on the heels of that, I'd say the offensive line seemed to take a step back in pass protection. I mean, yeah. Clifford did not have a sack against Auburn. A lot of that was because of the O line. Um, he took a couple of sacks against Villanova here. And um, the, the, the O line just seemed to be snoozing at times in pass protection. Yeah. And Clifford just didn't work with what the offensive line was giving him quite the same way. He wasn't smart about when he released the ball or how, how he got rid of it before taking those sacks, you know? So it was a, a little glimpse of the old Clifford in, in that, way but ultimately you know he still had a great day man he still had a great day more or less now you know the the interception against him we kind of talked about um and that's another another one of the bads because i think you know uh, you you were saying to me before we got to recording that like that can you you toss that uh you you bobble that kind of ball and let the other team, you know, nab it out of the air against a better team like that could really come to bite you in a close game and yeah, I, think, I mean, Kandre Lambert-Smith, um, and, and this plagued him a little better. bit last year. He is getting better, but some drops, um, like easy catches for 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 drops, like that. That I mean, it was right in his hands, and it was just sort of like an oopsie and, daisy kind of. And move. speaking of easy catches for drops, didn't one of our defenders catch it like a sure fire pick six? Oh yeah, who was yeah, that? That's, uh, who, who dropped that? Can't who remember now. Was it a defensive back? Was it a? It was a D back. Oh, I, oh, I know. Was, um, or was it Curtis Jacobs? Or what? Um, oh, we're sounding remember. like idiots here, but um, I know. But but we did we because <laughs> I, I just am remembering this now. Speaking of like bobbling and game changing plays, that's two weeks yeah. in a row that a pick six has been dropped. Brandon Smith yeah. last week and whoever the heck it was this week, I we were like that's that can put the dagger in in you know exactly. in a team, the, uh, an elite. Uh, team elite defense will yes will, they will take t- will those take, <laughs> take that uh, Georgia is turning that in that point. even Iowa's turning that into six each time yeah they've so, done that multiple times this year so we need to we need to get that corrected yeah. as well um, I think that's another on the bad and finally I just say third string defense uh, they allowed two touchdowns at the end I mean you know easily, Villanova kept playing. Easily. Yeah, Villanova kept playing. They ran their offense. Kudos to them. They were not overwhelmed by the moment, and they hung with there even to the very end. Um, it was thirty-eight know. to three in the fourth quarter when we let this, the the second and third string D in. Okay, so you know the game was definitely out of hand. There was no, I mean, more or less. I guess, I guess if. What happened? There was one one play there where we we're like, uh, if they had actually scored yeah. here, you know, we're looking at like a ten or nine point game or whatever it was, uh, and it's like, oh crap, you know, it was a little closer um, than I would have liked. It was a little too close for comfort there at the end. That 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 defense really should have locked it down, and and they were not playing with the same kind of intensity as the first string was. Um, so that was also a little disheartening. Again, you, you got to sort of. You give them a little bit of a pass because of the the nature of the opposition and the yeah. and the nature of the the situation on on the field. But you know you want to see an elite look. Georgia beat Vanderbilt sixty two to nothing. Right, right. That's an SEC team that they just ran over. Yeah, not an so FCS team. You, you want to see that? We didn't see that. Uh, so so that's the bad. But there was some ugly in this game, and even ugly, uglier than that, huh? <laughs> the ugly is squarely. Um, captured by the phrase "running game." Yeah, Do the we have running one? game. <laughs> the running game was abysmal. 
I mean, we're these are Division One scholarship athletes, four and five star athletes um, on the offensive line, the offensive playmakers, and we attempted to run the ball thirty four times against FCS Villanova. We gained eighty yards on the ground, eighty yards on the ground. That's two point four two point four yards per rush. Yeah. We did not have a rushing play longer than 13 yards against That's bad. Villanova. I mean, you, this is you, not Auburn. This is not Wisconsin. This is Villanova. You know, in in the past, Andy, we've had an offense that's explosive in not just the pass game, but also the run game. So that's that's not complimentary football happening. And frankly, Dude, Villanova held football. us to Villanova held us to fewer yards per rush than Auburn. Yeah. Yeah, that I, is not good, dude. I mean, I think Franklin it's, discussed this. It's he ugly. Dis- it's Franklin, ugly. <laughs> Franklin discussed this in the post game, and and then he he basically said like, "Hey, I think that these guys were patting themselves in the back and reading their articles about themselves and thinking that they were better than they are." And and then in comes a team like Villanova, which by the way they are undefeated. Uh, they were at least undefeated before this game uh, coming in, and they have a very stout run game by even FCS and and obviously by our you know measure like they put us in check just like Auburn did just like Wisconsin did so is that yeah. is that is that, uh, is that I, our is that our problems that are really just like showing week in week out that we can't put piece together a, a consistent running game or are we just or have we just not had Yursich figure out how to use his running backs and how to use his offensive um you know weapons uh, for in the run game and and his his offensive line with whatever their strengths are with how how to run block it took Morehead four, five, six games to really get his mojo, if you will, going. <laughs> you know, in that 2016, yeah. you know, offense. So, is Yursich given a pass here, or is this a big time red flag? We don't know just yet, but it's feeling more red flagish than it is, you know, leaning in the direction of getting it together. Well, Tom, that's a great setup for our mailbag today. Two questions about the run game. So um, let's take a turn and open the mailbag. Mailbag time. Um, So here we go. Um, this is from uh, an avid listener and longtime friend of mine who also wrote in last week. Uh, Joel Bettner asks another true or false. True or false, Tom and Andy. A Penn State running back will have more than 100 yards in a single game this season. Andy, what do you think? I think it's true. I think it's true. I I know it feels like there's no way this is going to happen. Like, what did John Lovett had? He was our our top 45 yards on on, on 10 or 11 carries. I mean, so it, it feels like it. You know, there are a couple problems with the run game right now, pro- problems in air quotes. Well, number one is a running back by committee. So, like, all of these runs are being spread out across a team. But number two, the guys who are running are not finding creases. The run blocking is poor. Um, and we're not hitting any expl- – I don't know what our longest run of the season is, but it's it can't be more than 20 yards. So, um, it feels like – it feels like we don't have the capacity to do that. I think we will get it together. I really do. Maybe not versus Indiana, maybe not versus Iowa, but I, th- I, I it's going to be a point of focus. As you were saying, bro, um, Franklin really, really wants the run game to be better. 
Yeah. And I, I think the other thing is we're seeing um, different backs show slight flashes from time to time, but we still don't have like a top back. It doesn't look like we've got like a set rotation. And because we're running by committee, it's I think it's just going to take a little longer to get that set. I think we will get it set. There's going to be a game coming that um, that this team's going to figure it out and we're going to explode in the run game. We'll ha- we will have a 100-yard rusher this year. Wait, you said, wait, you said false. True, Penn State. I said true. Oh, Penn I'm State sorry. will have a uh, more than 100 yards. Oh, in a game I have, okay. Yeah. I thought for some reason by, you by were saying that. Okay, it was true. I think it's true. Okay, I'm also going to say true. Uh, and and I, I just I think there's too much talent in the backfield. I just think there is, and I think that I really do look to see um, Yursic getting this run game going and and kind of finding his way through this. Um, it's, and it's not even a running back committee. It's a running back by. It's like a fleet. We have a fleet of running backs, <laughs> and we haven't found how to utilize them properly yet. And who the guy is. And and by the way, I think Noah Kane only had one carry in this last game. I think he was dinged up, and and I. So I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, I think Franklin said that in his post game. Yeah, so I'm not sure what what the. I think going into this Indiana game, they're going to have a more. Um, you know, concerted attack plan of attack for the run game, but I don't think they're going to run it 38 times like they tried against Villanova. I think they were actively trying to to run the ball um, to try and get this run game sorted out, and I they just didn't have success. So I think they're going to maybe pull back on the amount of runs that they're going to do against Indiana because I think they'll pass to set up the run, and we'll talk more about that later when we get into Indiana. But but I, I see Lovett or Kevon or Noah just at, at some point. They're just someone's gonna break out. I just I I really believe it's gonna happen, and I I will credit Yurcich's ability to figure out the run game. He's figured out the pass game, and I think he'll bring he'll he'll bring this run game along now that he's figured out the pass game and how to work it all as best he can um, within his new you know p- this new Penn State offense and his new his philosophies with this team what his team has um, from a skill set standpoint. So I think true, you think true. And so for, for what it's worth, Joel has his answer already ready to rack. And he's he says, I'm going to go with false, unfortunately. We seem extremely committed to the running back by committee strategy, and our O-line's run blocking is atrocious. Uh, our best chance for a running back to have 100 yards was probably against Villanova, which, by the way, I disagree with. And having a stable of highly tattered running backs and such a, such little production from them is not only disappointing, it's concerning. Will this affect uh, recruiting running backs in the future? How is the O-line being coached so it, it can pass block decently but can't open a running uh, lane against teams like Villanova or Ball State. Fair questions, Joel. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, by the way, I well, don't look, think it'll that, affect our running back recruiting moving forward either. I don't. Yeah, that gets to our um, second mailbag question. This one's coming in from Rudy, and uh, Rudy, thanks for um, thanks for writing in. And uh, so, although Joel thinks false, we're not going to have. Um, you know, uh, a hundred yard rusher this season. You know, I think so, Tom. So this question gets to to that. Rudy says, uh, "What will it take to get this team's ground game going?" And I'm going to let you uh, take first stab at that, bro. I mean, it's really just going to take um, you know Yursich feeling out his his uh, his running backs through these first four or five games. Is you you he you know he doesn't know what he has in the offseason until he really gets these players in these games. And Lovett just played, uh, you know, his first uh, 
series and 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 uh, got his first carries uh, in Auburn and a, a very small sample during Auburn. And then with Noah Kane now, he got a, had a he was our most productive running back. So he's just feeling out this other running back who's now in the mix. So I, you know, I really just think it's like time. I think it's time with this OC feeling out what his players have. He didn't wasn't able to evaluate these running backs through their last two years of, of being on Penn State's roster. He's figuring it out right now in game, in season. So to me, it's time. Yeah, for me, I mean, I, I agree with you on that. Um, but I would say more important than the running backs themselves is the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And... To me, you know, the running game these days in um, high-level football is all about highly coordinated blocking schemes. It's, uh, you know, and and extremely accurate timing, guys knowing who they're blocking when and where. And I I think this is a brand new scheme. You know, um, the run game that we're trying to run is brand new. Uh, It's the outside zone, um, which we switched over from an inside zone. And, And I just think that the, the offensive line and the the tight ends and the and the block, blocking backs are just not quite hitting their blocks and hitting their gaps in quite the right way. Part of the problem and, and why it doesn't matter that that it's whether it's John Lovett or Noah Kane or Kevon Lee or whomever, part of why these guys aren't getting good runs is because there's no holes for them to run through. So well, yeah. We do have a very talented line, a uh, very athletic line. I think it's familiarity with the scheme in game situations. And well, I, um, I put it on your sitch to adjust the run totally. game scheme off of what he has seen that isn't working. So so that's what when I say time, I think that that is part of that for me. It's like it's like, oh, these inside runs, we suck at that. Okay, let's spread it out more. Let's let's get these guys in space more, you know? So I look to see him change schematically the run game up a little bit with now how he can see what his his interior line it can and can't, you know, accomplish. Yeah, let me just add one more to this, um which is to say there's been some consternation, I think Certainly between you and me, and um, for, you know, Joel mentioned with uh, the the running back by committee or running back by fleet, as the case may be. And is this a problem? And I, you know, I I've mentioned this before, but I'm a I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan, and one of the things that's really fascinating about the Ravens is it doesn't matter who their running back is. I mean, they've lost three starting running backs, <laughs> like NFL caliber starting running backs for the season, and they're still running the ball like crazy. Doesn't the, hurt to have Lamar Jackson <laughs> yeah, running but, the ball I mean, I'm talking too, about, by the way. That's true. That's true. But I'm talking about their running backs getting yards in the running game. And a big, big part of that is that their line play is so phenomenal. Um, it's very aggressive, and it's very well coordinated, and it's really tough to defend. You know, that, so, that really opens up... A, a, I'm going to go off the script here a little bit, and it opens up an interesting, um, you know, talking point with what Franklin has done. Franklin talks about wanting to be a physical um, team. You know, we play, we want to play physical. Like, you know, they don't. The offensive line does not play physical. Nick Saban coaches his team hard, and those linemen and his defensive line, both sides, those guys play physical football. And it's because they get coached hard and Franklin in this press conference uh after um the Villanova game talked about turning the intensity up in practice this week so like can he start 
coaching his guys hard, you know, in victory? Can he coach his guys hard to to play harder after they are being told they're good and, and, and winning games? Can he get his guys to play physical football and punch guys in the mouth off the off the ball? You know, that's what yeah. that's what a, I, a run game needs. And you it's not ability. I mean, again, these guys are very, very good athletes on the line. Um, I, I, again, I think it's just lack of familiarity with a system, right? It's hard to play physical when you're thinking too hard about it. Like you just got to be instinctual and go, sure. go That's a good point. hit someone and hit the right person, right? You know, the, the, the guy that you need to block, you need to just go do it. And when you're hesitating or uncertain or, or you know, I, I think that's a big part of the problem. So yeah. yes, I think it's time. And I think it's, I think it's the O-line. Once the O-line gets it together, I think it's not going to matter who you're going to see in there on the running back. I mean, um, whether it's a guy that gets a hot hand or, or we just keep the rotation going, I think we're going to see the team rushing stats move up as the season goes on. Yeah, it's interesting. But here's a, yeah, well, my bad. I was going to say, here's the last question. While we're just while we're doing the deep dive on the running game, and and thanks again to Joel and Rudy for those questions. You know, as we're struggling with the run game, how much is this a problem for us, bro? Like, truthfully, yeah, <laughs> we're we're putting up yards. You know, our passing game for this moment has been unstoppable. Um, it's not a crippling problem. It's I, right. I don't think it's a crippling problem. It's not. It's like it, we can make up for it by. Clifford not turning the ball over, um, the defense pl- helping us win the, the field position battle, our punting uh, helping in that field position battle, huge huge things to be to be winning games. And and even if your run game can't like chew off the clock and and hold onto the ball, guess what? When the other team is holding onto the ball and 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 chewing off chewing off the clock and putting together you know ru- big run games against us. Are we can you know counter that with these explosive plays that we do have in our arsenal, and we're not reliant upon them. We're not reliant upon you know. You mentioned to me what was it about our Auburn game with with our we didn't have tons of explosive plays in that game. They were it getting was very touchdowns. Consistent offense, like we. It was a very disciplined, consistent. You know, and yeah, it was relying more on the pass than on the run, but you know, five, 10, 15, 20 yard passes consistently being hit. It was, you know, we held onto the ball and we ran efficiently, uh, ran the offense efficiently. With Clifford playing that brand of football and our punter, you know, <laughs> averaging over 50 yards per punt and Clifford being able to hit on these, you know, two plus explosive plays per game, especially for long touchdowns as he can uh, clearly showed he can do against Villanova clearly showed he can do against Wisconsin um, and even in the tight end passing game against Auburn clearly can do it against a better defensive competition you know we can still win these win games when we only have the ball for thir- you know or excuse me for 20 to 25 minutes a game you know with that uh, let's put it this way Auburn would have killed to have an explosive attack in their arsenal. Michigan Michigan will will kill to have that in their arsenal for their offense. That to be able to strike quick and deep and and for touchdowns at a, how at much a is moment's Wisconsin, notice. How much is Wisconsin yeah, wishing they exactly. had an explosive off, you oh know, my explosive gosh, play off? It can off. change it can change momentum and momentum is everything in a game. Right? Yeah. You can change it on a yeah. dime with that kind of a 
a, a possibility. And we're get, you know, getting that other... production from every single offensive weapon in the passing attack. It's true. It really I mean, doesn't matter which position you're looking at. Um, Even all Tyler Warren's given us some some. He got that pass from Jahan Dotson. From Jahan Dotson. It's amazing. Like, come on, we we got we got tricks in our books. And know? I'll say this as well, like. The Big Ten right now is shaping up to be a running game juggernaut. Right. Especially our our, our schedules, our opponents uh, specifically. Iowa, so Michigan. This, right. Michigan, Michigan State, State. You know, even Ohio State's starting to rely on this new Travion Henderson running back because they're having a little bit of a QB controversy there right now. So in a lot of ways, it really differentiates Penn State to right. have a, a, an extremely dynamic, hard-to-stop passing attack and uh, I, you know that means it's going to be really hard for defenses to prepare for us because they're not going to be able to rely on the preparation from every other team that right. they're playing you can't just play so, heads up like this is going to be uh you know the classic um grinding run game versus run game you know classic big 10 kind of battle no no we will dice you if you stack the box <laughs> yeah, right i mean just again like with with constant like all it took was Jahan dotson getting loose once and the dam broke yeah like that was that was the difference in the game right there well and graham mertz you know, fumbling the game away as well. But Clifford not. But Clifford not right, fumbling the exactly. game away. You know. Well, look. Um, so thanks for those mailbag questions. Uh, the run game, I think, will come around. But until then, we've got a pretty dynamic offense, and um, that showed again against Villanova. You know, bro, it wasn't the runaway that we wanted to see, but we took care of business. Um, the offensive line <laughs> had a bit of a mental health day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, They're just sort of taking it easy, but we still won convincingly. 38 and, and to three. Yeah, man. A thir- yeah, 38 to three till the um, third string defense. 38 came to in. three. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, you know, look, this is on a day and in the midst of a season when a lot of seemingly good teams are going down against seemingly inferior competition. And, you know, we, we took care of business. Yep. Basically, all you can ask. I mean, I guess that's why we're ranked fourth. We we're taking care of business, the, the game in and game out. Every no team looks perfect right now. Even Alabama doesn't. So, um, you know, th- but this game we're looking ahead to Indiana now. Okay, um, uh, I think that uh, you know Indiana. It, we we. we Penn State had the ability to lose to Villanova as it could have been like a trap game. You know. But because we could have been looking forward to our revenge game after a an emotional nighttime college game day victory with Auburn, where you let it all on the on the table, you know, we basically have played two trap games now, but we got through them, you know, and we got through them, and now we come to our Big Ten slate, Indiana, our first opportunity to really play uh, like a, a a revenge type game this season, and and you know, you you if we could have hoped and prayed for a 4-0 start going into this game. I think it's like setting up perfectly for Penn State to be able to go into this game, a primetime game on ABC. We're going to do a stripe out. It's just like it sets up this stage to really demoralize an Indiana team. Now, I'm not saying we're going to, but it kind of sets up this way. Now we can focus on this team, and Franklin can coach his guys hard after a victory, being 4-0, and still coach hard. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an opportunity for a statement win. Yeah. Um, you know, if vanilla, if Villanova was vanilla, uh, this game is all about vengeance. 
Yo, I like these V's. Yeah, ever, right? You ever see that that movie, um, V for Vendetta? He has this, goes on this yes. rant of all these uh, alliteration off of V, and it's an <laughs> oh, incredible yeah. soliloquy <laughs> of, of cinema, in my opinion. Uh, and uh, if you haven't seen it, watch it. By the way, also clues right into all this pandemic talk, and <laughs> it's a very interesting film. But yeah, man, I mean, Villanova was vanilla, and this game is all about vengeance. I, you couldn't have put it any more perfectly. I mean, they're going to... Indiana is going to try and save their season in this game against us. Yeah. They're going to try. And meanwhile, Penn State is definitely, like you said, like this is the first time all season that we can play an opponent that we played last year. Yep. This is the this is the team, of course. We've talked about it so much. Everyone who is, you know, breathing and paying attention to last year's Penn State season, this was the 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 place where it all started to go wrong. Yep. And and so this is the chance. I, you know, I don't think there's hard feelings toward Indiana as a team. No, but none. Right. Zero. But this is <laughs> this is the place where we where we say, no, this that we're starting to show that last year was the anomaly. We, we've started. We've shown it all. No, I think this is. Already. I think this is how you've completely turned the page yes. from last season. That's, that's is, it. Thank is, you. The, is the last last flick of the finger to turn the page right here, it, and you can just punch that page down if you beat this team in that revenge kind of way. Where you, yeah. you remember when we, uh, you know, what was it in 2016 when when Michigan ran the score up on oh, on yeah. us right. And, oh, yeah. and, and we Franklin took that personally. And next oh, the yes, next year after that, he made Michigan pay for it by embarrassing them. He kept trying to score a touchdown into the very last moments <laughs> Did of the he game. Call like a timeout to yeah, try to won, get another score. <laughs> he wa- he wanted to he wanted to prove a point and he did. Uh, and and by the way, then they embarrassed us the ne- the next year after that. But that's besides the point. The point is, you know, that this is like the first chance for us to have a revenge game since that kind of a game. And I think, and it's not so much to, to, to shove it into Indiana's face as it is to prove that that was prove not the Penn State. Yeah. Yes. Th- that was not the Penn State that they are and are want to be. And, and you know, just re- just change change the narrative completely. And last season is over and done with. Here we are. Boom, Indiana. See ya. Nice try. And by the way, Indiana is kind of having their, like a like a Penn State-like start to their season compared yeah. to uh, last, last year. Last for them... Last year for Indiana was a Cinderella season. They right. they had a chance to win the East. They played Ohio State very closely. They they had a great season. Um, this year not so much. They're they're two and two on the season so far. They they really looked very poor in their opener against Iowa. Um, then they um, played Cincinnati, uh, ranked number eight at the time, very close until the last quarter um, ended up collapsing at the end of the game. Um, Penix, who uh, he was out at the end, of, he he got knocked out at the end of the season last year with uh, I think an ACL injury. Second, uh, yeah, <laughs> second of his career. Um, he, he's had three seasons ended by injury. By the way, yep. Yeah, um, and and I think he's still kind of playing tentatively, slightly, except for this last game, kind of showed him coming back out of the the uh, the, the fog of injury for, that that has started this season for him. He, you know, he's just he's leading the the Big Ten in interceptions. So he hasn't really been himself yet. But he's yeah. kind of shown from this this last Western Kentucky victory, by the way, Western Kentucky at Western Kentucky. Um, he he threw for what was it three hundred and um, thirty seven? I think yeah, three hundred thirty seven. No, seventy three. Yeah, seventy three. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, but Penix has not really looked great this year. He's had six interceptions, um, three each in, in their two losses. Um, and, and Indiana, um, you know, they could have lost that Western Kentucky game, even though they, you know, they, they went off, uh, they went out early and took a lead and, and ran up a lot of, uh, yards, uh, that, you know, they had to hold Western Kentucky off at the end. Um, so it's, it's not the same Indiana team as last year. However, however, they are nonetheless a dangerous team. Yeah, they okay. got players. They got players. Well, you just mentioned uh, Penix's performance in Western Kentucky, 373 yards. I mean, we just talked about Clifford throwing for 400 yards against right. Villanova being like the second best ever for Penn State. So throwing for 373 yards is a lot of passing yards. Okay, so Penix can throw the ball. Um, look, that Cincinnati game, that was number eight Cincinnati. Uh, Indiana was up at the half, 14 to seven. And... In the second half, a couple of key errors um, lost the game for them. Number one, they gave up a 98-yard kickoff return for touchdown. And number two, um, down by six with three minutes left to play, uh, Michael Penix threw an interception that was returned to the six-yard line effectively. It it was basically a pick six. Um, Cincinnati would go on to score. And, um, yeah. That's that's 20-20 Clifford vibes all all over it, you know? Totally. So, but but what I'm saying is outside of those errors by Sean, by the way, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, it shows the difference of teams from last year to this year, though. Like Clifford has written, rewritten his script and so is Penix more or less, but the opposite direction. (laughs) Well, true. Nonetheless. They this was a team that hung with number eight Cincinnati, who everyone's talking about as a dark horse for the college football playoff. They hung with them until the very end. So this is not a a bad team that's falling all over themselves. This is a good team that's made a few mistakes in untimely situations. And um you can you can believe that they're gonna remember that they beat us last year and sure. they're gonna wanna they're gonna wanna come in and say, hey, look, those two losses are not us, and we're gonna go into number four Penn State and knock them off, shock the world, and say Indiana is back. You know, it it <laughs> it's easier to do in their in their own house. It's also easier to do when no one's watching. And <laughs> and and but here they are gonna have the a juiced up revenge crowd ready to give Penix hell. I mean, I anticipate a very similar atmosphere to this Indiana game that they had for Auburn. I really, I anticipate that. I really do. Like there is something about this game that is not just going to be like, like oh, it's an Indiana opponent. Like even though they're unranked and they're two and two, like. I think everyone on this team and everyone in the crowd senses this type of game as a statement opportunity. And, and, I think and, everyone in the state of Pennsylvania I think is so. going to have this game so. circled, and they're going to they're going to want to see and expect Penn State to roll can over you not? this team. How can you yeah. not? You know, but again, you're right. You know, Indiana they have they have players in that team, and they have the ability. Even on defense, their defense is going to be you know not necessarily uh, rolling over for for this this offense of ours. Like like you said, like you know they they are going to come in with a with a very 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 like tough like their coach tough tough workman like attitude. Tom Allen's got a tough approach from a from a coach, and he knows how to play in these types of games. 
I don't anticipate yeah, Indiana I mean, rolling over. Their defense over. is led by um, a bunch of seniors. All right. Um, yeah. On every level of the defense, you've got experience, um, seniority, a lot of leadership. Um, they've got two defensive backs and Marcelino McCrary Ball and Raheem Lane, the second, um, that just play great football. I mean, uh, Lane has uh, the most tackles on the team. Uh, he's got a pass defend, a forced fumble. Uh, McCrary Ball, um, he's, you know, the third or fourth leading tackler. He's got an interception. Um, you know, the defensive backfield is going to be ready to take on this um, passing attack, and uh, you know they they got athletes there. Yeah, they got in the front the front seven. They also have some other seniors leading the way. They got a good a good tandem at linebacker in Cam Jones uh, and and in Micah McFadden. Uh, and in fact, in that Cincinnati game, uh, Indiana was winning when McFadden was uh, called for targeting, and he was ejected. And and it kind of changed the vibe on defense for for and it led the led the way for Cincinnati kind of you know come back and and stick it to him and, and a lot of people kind of factor that McFadden ejection for for kind of part of part of the reason they lost that game. I mean, it, one person doesn't you know make or break a, a game sometimes, but you know it's a tough loss in a hey game man, like playmakers that. or playmakers. You yeah, know? yeah, and um, you know, but he's their leader. On, he's, their, he's one of their leaders on defense, and he's got 19 tackles. Cam Jones got 20 tackles. They each got a couple of sacks as well, as well as a defensive end Ryder Anderson. He's six six two sixty six. Um, he's 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 got a bunch of tackles and, and sacks as well. Look look to see all those seniors contributing to making life hell for for uh, Yursich, um, the run game as well as uh, Clifford, uh, you know, get getting uh, you know um, pushed around in, in the pocket. I, I can see Clifford having to run for his life a little bit. Which, by the way, Clifford hasn't been asked to be to be a runner much in in any games. Uh, in fact, I don't. There hasn't been a game plan for Clifford to run at all, unless you know things have broken down in the play. That this could be the type of game where you could see a few more designed runs, especially with the run game. Maybe not. Do, being so effective uh, against a, a stout uh, defense like Indiana, yeah, they're they're rushing. He had a hundred. He had over a hundred rushing yards last year against Indiana. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. Um, you know, their rushing defense is good. They're currently thirty fifth in the country, allowing only one hundred eleven yards. Uh, per game rushing. Now that's not quite as good as some of the teams that we've seen. Wisconsin uh, only al- allowed allows twenty three yards per game. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> with only yeah. one rushing touchdown al- allowed all season. Auburn uh, ninety eight and a half yards per game. Um, only three rushing touchdowns allowed. So they're not quite at that caliber, but still very good. I, you know, maybe we'll find a little more room, but um, I would be surprised. If our our all of a sudden our running game took off against these guys, because like you said, a very um, intelligent and uh, athletic and experienced front seven, mm-hmm. um, you know their passing defense as a team is not quite so good. All right, they're only ranked seventy third. Uh, in the country uh, now, they still only allow two hundred twenty nine yards a game passing, um, with with uh, two point excuse me, 6.23 yards per attempt. Um, Over 10 so, yards per completion there, too. Yeah, so so they're, they're a little softer, I think, uh, in the passing defense. But again, they, they do have uh, playmakers in, in the back end. And, and, you know, they will make 
uh, us pay for mistakes. Uh, they know how to defend the pass, and it'll be interesting to see how we choose to attack um, attack this defense. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, um, their offense. We already mentioned Penix. You know, he's having a subpar season so far. Um, only fifty five percent completion rate. Uh, only eight hundred twenty one yards over in the air so far this season. Um, but yeah, as we know, um, he's a talented quarterback. He's the senior leader for their team. Um, and, um, you know, all it's going to take is, is one game for him to start to put it together for him to he become really dangerous. Um, and he does have some real athletes to get the ball to. All right. Um, Absolutely. Uh, their their leading wide receiver is um, Fry Fogel. I don't have his first name here. Do you remember his first? Ty. Name? It's Ty Fry Fogel. Ty Fry Fogel. Yeah. Um, and you guys, you probably remember his name from last year because he was their leading receiver last year as well. Already two hundred twenty four yards on the season, ten point seven yards uh, per catch on. Yeah, it. and he had ten catches and and ne- nearly hundred yards against uh, the Hilltoppers in West Western Kentucky, and and their tight end. You know Peyton Hendershot. He had almost 100 yards receiving in that game too. Um, they did lose a a guy, um, DJ Matthews, who had 120 yards receiving against on only five catches against Cincinnati. He ACL injury down for the year. Um, I guess on a punt return in in the Western Kentucky game, which made room for um, this other guy. Um, a junior, I believe, Miles Marshall, six foot four, two hundred and twenty-five pounds, or excuse me, two hundred and twelve pounds. Um, he ended up having, I think, five catches for sixty-four yards. So he was targeted a lot, you know, as a guy that had only had, I think, two catches coming into the uh, coming into this game on the season. So they got three guys that that are all, you know, uh, individually very capable of catching and dissecting um, a, a defense, uh, and and they've they've shown it, they proved it. Um, and they even they even give the ball um, to their in the passing game to Stephen Carr, their their running back, who by the way had over 100 yards uh, and two touchdowns against Western Kentucky, and he's he's looking to be pretty pretty uh, effective in the run game. But you know, in the pass game, you know our our secondary is shown this year that they can measure up when when push comes to shove. They 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 can. Defend the pass. They can intercept the pass. Penix is, uh, you know, giving the ball up in, in chunks here, and our opportunistic defense probably going to take advantage of that a time or two. I would imagine. Um, so they're 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 going to be dangerous. Uh, they're going to be an, a, a possibly dangerous offensive team. But I mean, you know, they're, they're just. I don't know if they're on they're on our defense's level quite. You know, one of the things that um, our defense has not seen yet is a um, a really dynamic quarterback. It's true. Um, you know, uh, I would say Bo Nix. He 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 played pretty solidly against yeah. us, although his receivers um, were were somewhat subpar. Fire so we've got here. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, so we've got here, uh, you know, a quarterback that knows how to play and throw the ball, and some some fairly dynamic receivers. Um, some some really good targets. It'll be interesting to see how this highly touted secondary shows up against uh, against this group of receivers. It'll be interesting to see how our um, defensive front seven attacks Michael Penix and uh, see if we can uh, contain him, corral him, and and harass him enough into making some of the mistakes that he's made previously against uh, the two top ranked teams that they've played already. Yeah, and and just to kind of wrap up a little bit about Indiana here, um, uh, 
you know, they for for as good as they were last year, you know, one thing that's not really talked about too much from at least a national perspective on on Indiana is they lost their offensive coordinator to Fresno State, by the way, and Fresno State's won some some big games uh, this year. So they lost their their. I think Nick Sheridan, which is a former Michigan uh, quarterback that has played a few games for them, but not really that great of a quarterback in college. At least Nick Sheridan is now their offensive coordinator, and and they have a new running backs coach because Mike Hart. Um, the the Michigan great uh, running back uh, he moved on to Michigan to for the same position at Michigan so they're replacing two critical pieces of their coaching staff and you know it, it does not look like they have gelled well um, so far so I mean when maybe we can take advantage of that because we got better players and better coaches we'll see yeah well um, so let's talk about how we expect this game to go and uh, it's it's really hard to talk about this game against Indiana without reference to last year's game against Indiana um and you know honestly we've talked so much about the last play of the game <laughs> I, yeah I needed to remind myself a little bit about how the game actually went last year and the truth is uh, you, we Penn State never should have been a, in a position to lose that game to begin with. No, we I mean, looked, we we looked amazing. We dominated <laughs> yeah. Indiana in, in in almost every important measure. So, for example, we had 488 yards of total offense. Yeah, Indiana had 211. Yeah, we had 27 first downs to Indiana's 16, and we had over 40 minutes time of possession to their 19 and change. That's absurd. That's like what Wisconsin so, did to us, at least at least holding on to the ball. Like <laughs> that's what Wisconsin was doing to us, except for Wisconsin didn't have the yards to go with it. We blew them out of the water yardage wise. Yeah. So so how did we get into that position where in spite of racking up those yards and the and the the first downs and the time of possession, how do we get into the, that position? Well, it's because we had three turnovers. And because we couldn't punch it into the end zone at the end of the day, we weren't able to turn those yards into points. Well, and even and even with that, Indiana turning the ball over twice, we couldn't take advantage of those those turnovers to you know get ahead of the of the game because, like you said, we weren't punching it in in the red zone. We weren't you know making all those plays count and matter to 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 winning the game. Yeah. So as a result, we were hanging on to an eight point lead in the final uh with indiana's final drive they were able to score a touchdown get the two-point conversion to send it to overtime and then you know we scored a touchdown in overtime and guess what so did they and they went for the two-point conversion the famous you know ball over the goal line that they called uh, you know Inbound, that, not out of bounds <laughs> right and 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 that was that but you know the truth is last year the team and almost every other measure besides the scoreboard, which quite frankly is the only one that matters, you know, we we showed ourselves to be better, the better athletes, the better uh, coach, the better schemed, all that kind of stuff. Now we have a different offensive coordinator. Everything's different this year, but nonetheless, we couldn't close the deal last year. And so my question to you, bro, is are we going to be able to close the deal this year with, you know, largely the same team that we're going to be putting on the field? Andy, we've already de- like p- like uh, created a resume 
this year of of what we have done differently as a team compared to last year. Last year, that Indiana game was the first game of the season, and and we don't even know what we had from a team perspective, uh, production wise. What we had with a with a new offensive coordinator, new new offensive line coach, uh, new receivers coach. Um, they hadn't been with their players at all leading into this. You know, were we going to have a season? weren't we going to have a season? Uh, it, it was just so many unknowns. Here we are with four games. There's there's not. The, the number of unknowns right now coming into this Indiana game is night and day compared to what we had unknown-wise going into that Indiana game last year. So we, we already have had our backs up against the wall and goal line stands and in red zone um, stands. We have proven that we are not the team that's turning the ball over left and right. We are, the, we are proving that we can take turnovers. And we took Auburn's turnover the first um, drive of the second half. We made That was the, the deciding touchdown in that game. So we are proving that the things that were our deficiencies in 2020 are, are things that are things of strengths for us, for this Penn State team going into this game. So yeah, there should be a lot of, more confidence, you know, to, to if we are, is it does it come down to a final play of the game? Like, guess what? They've been there uh, twice at least now. So Yeah, well, speaking of holding on to an eight-point margin in the waning right. seconds of the game, like that was the Auburn game, in, dude. in the fourth quarter. Auburn did score a point in the fourth quarter. Yeah, we were sitting there with an eight-point lead, and they, you know – with Bo Nix with the ball in his hands, and you know our defense was able to close it out. We did yeah. not close games out last year. We didn't have that last year. I mean, I, no. I, I, I credit a lot of that to the uh, secondary kind of being out of position a lot. The in the miscommunications in the secondary, just giving up huge chunks of yardage when other teams needed to have flurries to get back in games and to win games. Our secondary is different than last year. They're playing with a different edge, and they're playing around the ball more. They're, they're playing the ball, not just hoping to keep teams and players in front of them. They're playing the ball more and get and getting it. And and just it's exciting to know that that, that there's a, a certain level of confidence in that. And and here's uh, Indiana coming in not confident in that like down the field passing game, not confident from a not turning the ball over game. So you know I, I'm I'm feeling much better about ourselves going into this game than than what we saw you know coming out of that Indiana game last year. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you mentioned turnover margin, um, and a lot of that has to do with Clifford and his ability to protect the ball so far this yeah. year. And, and I would say I would add to that is Clifford's efficiency. You know, last year he was hitting less than 60% of his passes. Right. This year he's above 70%. Yeah. And that's that's a huge difference maker just in terms of like, you know, those those missing yards that didn't get us into the end zone last year, you know, those were incomplete passes on Clifford's part. Well, guess what? We're hitting a lot more of those passes this year. Um and it's and it's making a difference. And and I will say, um, Parker Washington and Keandre Lambert Smith, who were not known quantities last year. Well, guess what? They're very well known quantities. Clifford has their trust. You know, he knows where and when to hit them. And um, yeah, a lot of weapons uh, to to you know really give this Indiana defense a, a lot more trouble um, and a lot I guess overall what we're saying bro is that this is a Penn State team that has not beat itself this year. It's true. I mean not yet <laughs> you know I mean so th- <laughs> right that, but that's that's kind of like okay so so what what worries you about this game like like what what really because like you know as it 
as it as you look at these two teams on paper right now, Penn State, you know, they're 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 favored by like I think ten and a half points right now, um, and I think rightly so. I think that that's a fair assessment of what Penn State should do. Um, yeah, if, if Penn State is uh, if they're as good as everyone believes they and are, and the way we've been playing, you know, yes, um, then it, it shouldn't be a close game. It but, should not. It should not. But but what but, what concerns you about a team like Indiana is they are like a team under Allen that can that can turn turn the tide I think um, and and get up for a game I think that they have the ability to do that they have the leadership to be able to do that um, and 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 some of the th- like the you know uh, skill threats to be able to do that and um, you know will Indiana figure it out against a team that they can make a state can they can make their own statement win against and get themselves back into the conversation of of uh, you know can they can they fight in the Big Ten East and make a push you know, because what is as Indiana? Uh, they lost to Iowa this year, right? That's not in the Big East or Big Ten East. You know, so so they can still make some waves uh, in the Big Ten East if they start playing football on Saturday against Penn State and beat Penn State. They can change their season around completely. That's a great point. You know, Penn State in 2016, we were two and two going into the heart of Big Ten play, right? You Seriously. know, so so um, you know, this and then is we won a, the Big Ten. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. You all know, it takes so one, all it takes is one win to start the like we beat Minnesota, right? And that started yep. that trend for us to go in and and play some tough ball against Ohio State and 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 beyond. Yeah. So as we said, it's a it's a dangerous team. I think the big question is, will they hit their stride and play up to their potential? Uh, the potential that everyone saw when they had a top 25 ranking going into the season, or will they continue to sort of step on their own toes and play mistake prone football? So that's a big question. Which Indiana team are we going to see last year's Indiana team that was able to beat Penn state and make waves through the big 10 schedule or this year's Indiana team uh, that just hasn't been able to put a complete team together uh, a complete game together i I think the second question though is on the penn state side right um is penn state going to be able to sort of shake off that lazy fall afternoon game against villanova you know it's kind of vanilla against villanova and are we going to return to form vanilla nova (laughs) (laughs) we played a very Um, vanilla nova game last week (laughs) yes um you know, will we be able to return to the f- focus, the intensity, the determination that we have seen this Penn State team play with through the first three games of the season? Will they be able to put together a complete game unlike the the day we had against Villanova? And will we be able to just, you know, show ourselves to be the better team? Andy, so, I mean... We're gonna bleed into the keys to the game here, um, but I kind of want to like. I want you to. I want you to talk about your keys to the game. Um, and I really. I, yeah, just I'm gonna let you talk about your keys to the game because I, I got some 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 ways I want to go about this. Uh, you know, I want to. I want to really hear like dissect why you know what what these keys of the game are to you because I'm gonna do a little bit of the same because um, I I really just think this is a very critical game for for Penn State I do I think I think it's a critical game moving forward and I'll, I'll discuss why after I hear your keys to the game yeah honestly I think um I think the key to the game for me is related to that that question I just had 
about Penn State. Uh, you know, are we going to get back to the the focus, the intensity, and determination? And I think the key to the game is that we need to start fast on offense and defense and play solid football, not just for the first drive, but for the second and the third and the fourth drive on offense and defense. I think we need to get a good lead and then hold that lead. You know, I think, and here's why. Number one, I think we need to see uh, and prove to Penn State and the Penn State team and the Penn State fan base that this is the better team. Get that belief going, not overconfidence, but get that belief going and 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 sort of put the taste of dominating this opponent in the mouths of uh, the Penn State players. And then secondly, we need to get Indiana thinking like, oh, it's going to be that kind of game and undercut their confidence from the outset. I, I really think that if we give Indiana the idea they can stay in this game and hang with us, that's going to be a bad thing for Penn State. Yeah. Um, so, so here... For me, it's like I, I was thinking, I was like, oh, this is really going to be, you know, like against Villanova, I, I wanted to see the run game go. I wanted, to, I wanted to see us get our run game going. But as we've been talking about this now, I, I'm, realizing to, to, I'm realizing that it's, it's not really about the run game. I think it's about the Yursich discovering the best way to schematically employ his offensive line. To be a powerful attack, I don't care actually if the run game is dominant. I I think we just need to play efficient offensive football and dissect what we are good at versus what the other team is not good at. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that. Let me just interject real quick because I think about like some of the great. NFL teams, for example, of the last few years, like take Tom Brady, for example, like he had a lot of games where he just did not have a great running game or a great running attack. It or was a great running back for that matter. <laughs> it was sufficient, but you know, you made that team go because you had a deadly passing attack, both short passing and long passing, and you just worked it and worked it and worked it. So yep. I think that's a good point. It's not about at the end of the day, how good the running game is. It's it's how you can attack the defense that you're facing and can you exploit their weaknesses with you know, your strength. That's a like great, we great just, point. We, we went against Villanova. We, re- we ran it, I think, like 34 to 38 times, tried to run it down their throats and with to no avail. So really... You know, I don't know if they didn't have the game tape on Villanova to know what they were capable of doing or just didn't know how to evaluate what Villanova's doing in their run defense. But, like, I think we were trying to run our base rushing attack and just, I think we took it as a scrimmage. And I think we took it as a scrimmage. Yeah. And by the way, maybe, maybe much like how Ball State, we ran our base offense to not give away stuff against Auburn, entering the Big Ten slate, you know, the meat of it, Indiana. Iowa beyond like maybe they just didn't care about like proving that they can power overpower uh, Auburn and with all these you know like getting our running backs in space and all this kind of stuff they just wanted to to treat it like a scrimmage like you said and and maybe that's all they wanted out of it and they got what they wanted out of it I don't know maybe maybe you're right but but really moving forward when these games start mattering a whole heck of a lot more I think that it's about Yursich devising schemes for his 
you know, his strengths versus the other team's weaknesses. And I think we're going to see that against Indiana. And I think what you're talking about is getting it going, opening fast, starting fast, and, 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 and you know, like put the, the if, if there was ever a time and a team to kind of, you know, step on a throat, like, you know, obviously you want that to happen every game, but like in a revenge game, when you're when you're leading out for for the, the, the Big Ten schedule, like Indiana, do it now so you can like have confidence going into that Iowa game, so you can have confidence that hey, this team can do what it wants when it wants to. All right, so so to me, that's the key to this game is is establishing that you can do what you want against any opponent. And and that doesn't necessarily mean you know running it down their throats. Like I don't care. I don't care if Noah Kane gets hundred yards. I don't care if John Lovett gets hundred yards. I care if we are efficient and effective on offense. So so that to me that's 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 all that's all that matters. Um, don't need a two hundred fifty yards passing to two hundred fifty yards rushing balance attack. I don't need that. I don't. Especially with our defense, by the way, playing the way it does. So that's the other key to the game for me is just. The defense doing what it's been doing, and they shut Villanova down for you know three and a quarter quarters. <laughs> so thirty-eight to three, great, awesome. I, that's what I want to see from my defense is stopping the opponent, and they did that. And I, I look to see them do that some more, and I just I want to see them do it a little bit more, a little better. You know. Yeah, I think I think this defense, the key to the game is to stop their passing attack. Yeah. We've got to we've got to shut down their passing attack, whether it's getting some interceptions or getting to Michael Penix or just you know not letting the receivers get open. Um, I think it's the passing attack versus our secondary mm-hmm. that's going to be the key and, and to to keep them from getting uh, points in chunks for sure. Yeah. Um, and you know, like we've shown some vulnerability in the running game and given up yards, but guess what? We haven't given up the big play in the run game, and we haven't. What what, what have we allowed? One rushing touchdown all season? Something yeah, like maybe, maybe two. I think against Auburn. Yeah, right. Yeah, but, yeah. but no, I think all of theirs were were rushing touchdowns, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. They had a three. No, they had two. There was two because they had two field goals. So two two rushing touchdowns against Auburn. There you go. So, um, very stout rushing defense when it comes down to allowing points. Right. And I, I, so I would say I have trust in this rush D, even though they might get some yards. What we really need to avoid is letting them their, get their passing game going I, I against these dynamic uh, playmaking wide receivers and their tight end. And that'll, so, that'll, be, that'll be us closing the door on last year because when they needed to get passing yards, they yep. got them last year in chunks. Exactly. You know, so, yeah, they so just I, diced, right. us, diced yeah. us apart. Um, so, well, look, bro, um, we're coming down to the end here, and it's time for predictions. Um, I want, you I want won. To get a, you I want, won. Yeah, yeah. I want to make sure that we know that I won last week finally. <laughs> you, I'm no longer uh, defeated, <laughs> and you're no longer <laughs> undefeated. Yeah. So, what, were, what were those score predictions last week to recap? Yeah, um, I, I had it uh, 56-13, and you had it uh, 47-17. So you, you nailed uh, Villanova's total, mm-hmm. and... Um, you were a lot closer to Penn State's total than I was, so right, yeah, right. clear win for you. Um, you wanted me to to get it right, and uh, unfortunately, um, right, you got it right. But happy to be right now all- after the fact. But I would have rather have you been right. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, nonetheless, um, yeah. So let's get the predictions going for this week. Well, what do well, you think? Well, so bro? I want to make sure here, real quick. I want to get our predictions, a score prediction, but also with your score prediction, I want to see like who who you're looking to have a big game uh, as well with this prediction. Okay. Um, sure. So for me, I haven't even thought about this until right now. Um, I'm going. <sighs> this is. So I'm going to say Penn State. 30, uh, 35. I'm going to say Penn State 35 to Indiana's 14. Oh, all right. Not, not, not very close. No. Solid win. No, I think yeah. it's going to be a solid win. I do. Yeah. Um, I'm going uh, 41-17 Penn State. <sighs> Ooh, not yeah. close at all. All right. No. Um, I mean, both yeah, are, I, both are perfectly acceptable in my opinion. As long as we, you know, as long as we take care of the football, you know, I'll be happy with that. But I, I'm looking for um, my 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 player. I, I guess what you'll call it, player of the game, or someone who I look to have a, a, a standout performance. Whatever it is, I don't care. I think I'm looking to see. John Jahan Dotson to continue his 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 reign of terror on uh, on opposing secondaries. I think I'll see. I think we'll see a two touchdown performance from him. And by the way, kudos to Parker Washington and his performance. Uh, wow, did he ever look great? He ca- does anybody catch the ball in stride like that guy? Wow. Yeah, I mean, was, seriously, beautiful. <laughs> I mean, Dotson too. I mean, just so smooth, so so yeah, fast. They both I mean, are. Just, they both have ball just skills, incredible. man. Just incredible. Ball skills and after the and after the catch, like just they they know how to weave like with with smooth cuts, you know. It's it's in, it's impressive. These are some good receivers we got here. I, I'm, I'm gosh, we a couple years ago we were getting nobody catching the ball for us. Everybody's just I know. dropping Isn't the ball amazing? with lead hands. So yeah, anyways, I, I'm looking to see um, Jahan with a, a hundred hundred plus uh, yard day and two touchdowns, which is what you know <laughs> was what Parker had this last game. Yeah, I, uh, that's a good call. I mean, I, I'm tempted to say Sean Clifford. I, I think Sean's going to have a, a another great game. I think he'll be above, up above 70% passing. I think he's going to have a lot of yards, and I think it's going to be a great day passing. But my breakout performer... Ooh, going to um, Are you going to go defense? Are you going to go defense? I'm going, ja- I'm going Jaquan Brisker. I'm ah, saying, I love I'm it. saying two... Two interception day with a pick six. Oh man, that would be just oh man, that would May, be just so like fulfilling and gratifying to see the fo- yeah. total role reversal like that in a game like this from last year. I, I would, I what I'd love to see as much as us um, putting a lot of points up is I'd love to see us suffocate I, I mean, listen, them on defense. Listen, if they if, would love to see if it. Brister gets two interceptions in this game, thirty-five to fourteen feels low. So I, I that's why I like your score that's a that's a that, that, that sound I, I appreciate yeah. I appreciate you going defense too yeah so um well look it's time to time to close it out for today hey as a reminder everyone um look to instagram midweek for some content um we're going to be throwing up a two-minute drill we're going to be throwing up on oh, on yeah. instagram <laughs> <laughs> the blue white and green blue brothers <laughs> Uh, white brothers we're, white. we're going to be uh, I'm an idiot <laughs> wow <laughs> I'm already puking up on myself <laughs> uh, we're, 
Oh, man. There's no uh, excuse. We're going to look to to post uh, <laughs> a, uh, a, a two-minute drill um, later this week. Um, not sure exactly when or what. Uh, uh, we're going to do it. On... We're going to do it probably, I would say, Tuesday or Wednesday. For the, We'll see how that go- works moving forward. But we're going to try to do one after uh, J- James Franklin's Tuesday press conference, um, whether that's Tuesday or Wednesday, like I said. And then we're hoping to do another one um, before Saturday, so maybe Friday. Yeah, we'll we're, see. We're, we're so, going to feel this out as the season goes on. So keep an eye. Follow us on Instagram. Um, hey, keep the mailbag coming. Appreciate everyone who's um, you know put in an entry. And um, yeah, love to hear from you um, ongoing. Um, until then, bro, um, I'm really excited about this Penn State team. I'm looking forward uh, to keeping the good times rolling. And uh, I'm mind blowing to be to having me. a p- mind blowing to me that we're ranked fourth right now. I mean, mind blowing. I mean. Hope you know, it's not too much like, too soon. Hope it's not too much too soon. Uh, yeah, that's the worry, right? Um, yeah. Will we come back to earth, or uh, will we keep the uh, the Franklin, good times rolling? We shall see. Guys, but, hard. Got to coach them hard. But as always, it, it always starts with "I love you" and ends Milan. I mean, it ends with "I love you." <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it always starts with "I love you." All right, love man. you, bro. Hey, we are <laughs> Penn State. Thanks for listening to the Blue and White Brothers. Join us next time for another great episode about Penn State football. Want to make sure you don't miss an episode? Be sure to hit subscribe before you go. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't hesitate to give us a five-star review with overwhelming words of adulation and praise. What starts with mmm and ends with oh. (laughs) (laughs) Milano. Fresh, delicious, tastes so fine, the real Italian every time. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Dad.